Life is messy, our minds are messy, success is blinking messy. Join me, Charlotte Hopkins, on the Gloriously Messy Me podcast, where I'm opening up hearts, minds, and souls to navigate life's unique messiness. Exploring identity, culture, belonging, and success, I, along with some phenomenal special guests, will be sharing my own experiences, as well as impactful theories and top tips on how I help people unleash their incredible potential to take courageous action and build a life that they love. Okay, let's get on to today's episode. Hello, hello, hello. I am here like a bottle of shaken pop for <laughs> my very first guest on the Who Unmessed My Mess series with on the Gloriously Messy Me. Um, I was going to say manifesto then because I was looking not at you and looking behind me, but the Gloriously Messy Me podcast. As you can probably tell, I'm quite nervous and I don't really know why. I guess that's part of the messiness. Um, so my guest, my very, very first guest is Shabnam. And we've known each other for probably two and a bit years. Yeah, I think maybe even more, actually. Yeah. Because I keep losing track of time. If you think about we're in 2023. I knew you before lockdown. Yeah. Yes, yes. Well, we met online, didn't we? And we met online. Yeah, and we have yet to drive up the M4, M5, M6, I can never quite remember, to, to meet face to face. However, the impact that Shabnam's had on my life has been incredible. And when I was looking at the journey that has been gloriously messy, um, I just knew that the pivotal point was working with Shabs. So it just made absolute perfect sense to allow her to ramble with me. <laughs> so I'm going to just start, if that's okay, just to give a bit of pre-context to how we came to work together and um, in the last episode I shared a little bit about why I've decided to have guest experts and guest experts but guests who are experts on the podcast I told you I was nervous bear with me people um but one of the things that I really realized more than anything is despite doing all of this self-development work and I was starting to kind of really connect the head with the heart and the soul I just felt, and I wrote a list actually, just to kind of refresh myself this morning. And I felt that I was missing opportunities. So I was so busy in the process that I felt like I was missing life, that the mind was kind of taking control over everything that I was doing. So I had this, this feeling of unease all the time. And I remember this word coming to me that was disappointment and I had no idea where this word was was even within my psychological kind of process because in all intents purposes I'd had lots of success and I would have been now that you've said 2023 is making me think that actually I would have been 40 which I thought I was you know younger but hey there we go <laughs> so, <laughs> I would have been 40 and I guess at that point we think it's a it's a pivotal point for lots of people anyway but there was just this overwhelming loudness that I was missing out on life so despite having packed so much into the first 30 years of my life I really felt like I was missing out on stuff and this feeling of disappointment that I was disappointing myself and disappointing people was at the point where I just couldn't get rid of it and that's where Shabnam came in so before we talk about the journey of working together I'm going to just ask 
her to introduce herself and a little bit about what she does first. Okay, so yes. Hello, and I'm so excited to be here today at Shubnam. And um, what do I do? This is, has been <laughs> the, the, the thing that has been the most difficult to put into a single sentence. Um, I am somebody who works with fantastic human beings who have exactly the same kind of issues. I And I, I'm, I've got quote marks when I'm saying issues. Yeah. Um, Charlotte just mentioned. Um, about being successful, having lots going on, yeah. outwardly looking as if things are going great, but there's that little something, that niggling something that you can't quite put your finger on. And therefore, it's very difficult for me to put that into marketing jargon to say, this is a little thing that I can help you with. Yeah. But essentially, um, my background is in psychotherapy, hypnotherapy, coaching, and I use lots of different modalities all combined together to yeah. help people who are kind of stuck but don't know why. And it's just helping them to really connect with themselves and figure out what's going on so that they can actually start enjoying all the success that they've achieved and all the things that they've achieved in life because there's no point. Like you said, it it's like you've you've got all this stuff going on but you're not in it you're not in your life you're not enjoying it there's not yeah. that peace of mind and there's this niggling feeling of like I want to do this or do I want to do this and there's all these other things going on and the self-doubt and the stuff that nobody sees because usually like yourself a lot of the women and men um I mean I, I work more with women now than I did before yeah but it was a lot of men and women who are extremely successful, very, very driven, very, very ambitious, would consider themselves to be very high achievers. Yeah. In many ways. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, who everyone else looks up to. They're, they're the, the, they're the tough ones. They're the ones that usually, and it, it's so, um, it, it's almost fascinating to see how, there's a common thread between um, all of them, so different in personalities and what they do in occupation. Yeah. But the common thread is that they're the ones who find it very hard to ask for help, but they're the first ones to jump in and help everyone else. Yeah. Everything looks like it's going perfectly because there's this impression that they give everyone that it's so easy to do. <laughs> Yeah, and I can really see, I can really see where I've done that. So I, I've done all of the personality tests and all of those different things that come out and all the, the, the kind of buzz things that come out, like human design and all of those different things that, that tell you a lot about who you are, but it's all really cognitive. And I know a lot cognitively. So the background and professional background that I've had means that I know lots about lots of random shit <laughs> what I never and what I hadn't really done is ever sit back and allow myself to feel and I think it's really typical in the sector that I work or have worked in I think it's really typical actually within the coaching therapeutic space and unless you've had good quality training or good quality mentoring and support or you've actually done the work yourself you can't take other people to other pa other places and 
I really realized that I was probably not only limiting myself professionally, but certainly personally, because I hate and still do. So I'm not recovered in any which way. There's still a perfectionist in me, hence the nerves when I record every single interview. I did training last week and it's the 23rd time I've delivered the same course to the same organization and I was still nervous. So I still get that pressure and I still get those wobbles. That perfectionist is absolutely still living in with me, but I've never really processed it. I've never really allowed myself the time and space to sit and feel it within that heart and soul. And I think one of the things that you did really well for me is help me connect the dots a little bit and refine my intuition. I, I'm glad you mentioned that because one of the things during our first session that we had was um, this <clears throat> quick thought that came to my mind is that, is this even going to work? And that, and it's exactly what you said yeah. about, you know, you delivered the same training to the same organization 23 times, yet you got nervous. For me, it was more like every time I sit with someone else that I've worked with, I know, I know what I'm doing. I've, yeah. I've worked with hundreds of people, but every person is different. And every time someone sits in front of me and they start talking, the first question that comes up in my mind, even though I've done the work myself, is... Yeah. Is this even going to work? Is this working? I mean, she's just look, look at her. She's because you're very logical. You like to talk your way through. So your way of processing is through speaking it and yeah. articulating that. And um, and I was like, for me, it's like, just, okay, just listen. So I have to coach myself into okay, stop. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Just go with it because the whole process is me listening to you. And then reflecting back to you some of the things you've said and not realized you've said because they're not very conscious thoughts. And these yeah. are things that when you said about reconnecting with your intuition, it's something that we don't tend to do, especially um, being those kind of people who like to get things done, always on the move. You yeah. get a feeling, but you, you haven't got time for feelings. Like feelings. Yeah. Feelings. We don't want to yeah. get we don't we'll schedule that in for some other time but right now we need to get on with doing Apart from happiness and right. like we we allow ourselves to feel not always actually but most of the time I allow myself to feel the 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 happiness didn't always let it last so one of the things I think that led me again to you was was there was this aspect of it but I couldn't shift the niggle this time. So mm. I was searching and waiting for like the 20 year old me to come back and this loud kind of energetic, really fast paced character. I mean, anybody that's listened to any episodes or knows me personally <laughs> will say that I'm probably never going to be quiet, slow in and not energetic, but I was waiting for this 20 year old kind of identity that I had to reemerge and I couldn't work out why it wasn't. And whereas previously that I would allow myself to feel that happiness. So, you know, you get a congratulations or you get a well done, you've done a great job or you get some external gratification. It wasn't working for me anymore. So all of a sudden my consciousness, I feel kind of went right for <clears throat> sake, yeah. you got to slow down and you can't play youth anymore and it's a term I use all the time mainly because I keep having to pluck hairs out of my chin but I <laughs> that's an age isn't it so there was just something that that 
meant consciously I couldn't disregard it anymore I had to slow I had to slow down whether I liked it or not and I didn't like it (laughs) this is the honest answer you didn't like it no No. and I didn't like that I had to reach out for professional help and like I'm somebody it takes me a long time to trust people and you know I was never going to jumped straight in and but I knew immediately that I needed to work with you at this point I knew that I needed you and actually I didn't really know what your skills were and your tools were and you know what you knew and I knew a little bit about your professional background but not enough I just knew I needed to work with you and that was probably the first part of the feeling and the intuition saying that's the person and you know you say that and it makes me really curious as in you didn't know what my background was I knew what your background was because you speak about it so much and I'm for me it was you have a background in mental health addiction the Mm. industry that I've kind of just tapped into and I've just realized actually my battery's about to die because I didn't plug my there you go we're getting all messy hopelessly messy (laughs) Oh, that thought, let me quickly get the charger. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Why am I not plugged in? (laughs) (laughs) Dead battery averted. (laughs) (laughs) So we were just saying about, um, I was saying that when I came to work with you, I didn't really understand. I knew a little bit about your background, but not massively, but I just knew I needed to work with you. Yeah, and for me, it was that I actually knew about your background um, in mental health and working with people with addictions and being in that industry that I was fairly new to because I came from a project management, then going into therapy, then what psychotherapy and then going into hypnotherapy and coaching. Mm. Um, I haven't been in it as many years of you as you have. So for you to then tell me now that you actually came to me without even knowing what my you know what my background was in terms of what did I do and everything it intrigued me like what was it that made <laughs> you then come to work with me obviously for me it was um it, it was you know you coming from the knowledge background that you had and the industry that you've been in I knew that you'd have an understanding of what what we're doing so there wasn't as many explanations before our sessions and you know doing what we did but I, I I'm, I'm kind of gobsmacked that you <laughs> you didn't do a background check on me before coming to work with this me. is a live like whoa wow so yeah and I think I think when you're in the space and I know quite a lot of the people who listen um come from a similar background to me professionally they've got lots of experience within that and expertise within what we're talking about yeah and I think part of it is that's exactly what it is that we are very good thinkers we're very good processors we have safeguarding to consider we have to make sure that we're following professional boundaries and we have to make sure that we're building rapport but yet we're not overbuilding rapport and there's all of these things within the sector that means that one we overthink the work that we often do two we're quite medical model and I have an issue with that to a certain point and that's a whole different kind of podcast but we're, we don't necessarily embrace the human being part of, of what, what we do enough. And that's not a disrespect to all the people that come from the sector and go, 
I work with humans. I get it. I get we work with the human beings, but we we don't work at a deeper level because we don't have the time a lot mm. of the, a lot of the time to to really um, engage that. We're also typically not therapists, so when we look at it from a professional perspective. I knew that somebody within the sector wasn't going to work for me because I do not want to be given a CBT sheet. Um, and my, you know, fr- I've got friends who've been given like feeling buckets and emotion buckets and it's bullshit. We're grown ups. We're not kids. So I knew that anybody that was going to throw a workbook at me and say, let's write down your feelings was not going to work. And I also needed somebody who could one, calm the energy. Two, call me out and say, well, yeah, but why are you here? If you know all of this, because I'm a bit of a know-it-all. Um, yeah. I've tried counseling <laughs> before and she gave me CBT workbooks and I went, do this. I do this in my own job. I know this. I can print this off. I needed somebody with a different perspective and I needed somebody who was strong enough in character to call me out mm-hmm. and not sure you really needed to I think I probably called myself out in the session but I remember thinking like what's the point in putting this resources in whether that was kind of time energy money all of these things what's the point if you're not going to allow yourself to use what you need and you were that safe space that I felt that I needed that oh my goodness I cried like I cried in front of you I don't even cry in front of my husband unless I really have to. So that vulnerability aspect of it, even just talking about it, it it's given me flashbacks to our session where there was a moment and I wrote down the quote that I remember you just allowing me to talk. And I said, I don't want to be, and I couldn't say it out loud. And you just ever so gently went, go on. And I was like... God, I've got tears in my eyes. And like there was like this stoicism just came over me and I went, I don't want to be a burden. And yeah. that was it. As soon as it came out, the tears came and I was like, oh, I equally love and hate you at the same time. <laughs> that, that <was laughs> and I'm like this, trying to not, you know, ruin my makeup. And, but it was everything that I needed to, to do. Your session was, I mean, I still remember it, parts of it. It was it was that word that was a turning point because you were respectfully babbling for ages. You yeah. were just, you because you, you were like you said you know a lot, and so you were trying to connect the dots and telling me. So we I asked you a few questions and you were you mm. know very logically going this 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 this, and then there was something that you said like you when you just said about um you know you don't want to be and it's like yeah what. So when you slowed down and said yeah. that, that's 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 an unconscious kind of moment that's come up because when yeah. you're speaking logically, you you tend to be very firm in what you're saying and you're you're you know you're you, you speak faster, but your tone changed and yeah. it's a very very much uh, an unconscious moment that it, something had slipped out. So this was the point where yeah. I jumped on it and so what? So when you said the word burden, yeah, that was the thing that was underlying. And and that's when it all came. And then your metaphors and, you know, that wasn't that. I mean, it was a crazy session and I won't go into everything because <laughs> there was a lot of private things. But I mean, that's that's um, exactly 
you know what I never know what's going to happen when I'm speaking to somebody because every yeah. individual is different and like you said um, if I was to have a set of questions to ask you which were already scripted or if I was to give you yeah. in traditional hypnotherapy was I was supposed to talk you through a um, a lovely hypnosis with suggestions how how on earth would I have known without yeah. asking those questions and paying attention to what you were saying that what your underlying issue is. So how could I give you a solution? I couldn't give you a solution. The yeah. solution couldn't come from me. It had to come from you. Yeah. So I had I, no idea what had happened in that session with you. And I never know yeah. what's happened to my clients. And they go away and then they come back and they tell me stuff. I'm like, that's fantastic. Like, it, why? How? <laughs> how? Yeah. I mean, I don't know what happened in the session, but something yeah. really happened. What needed to happen for you? And it it was, it was a you know it was a really great session yeah and it was and I am a talker and that's I've always been a talker and I've just recently had kind of genetic testing for like my genomes from a nutrition perspective and that's been really really interesting no surprises that dopamine is something I can hold on to in my brain for a long period of time so not only kind of genetically is that the, that predisposition but I know that I get asked all the time do I have ADHD for example like that energy level that I have is is there and it doesn't really go away but it does come and crash in waves yeah and what I find is that I'm very good at again, thinking things through. I like to talk things through. I am that person who says, you know, a thousand words for 10. So I absolutely embrace that part of me. Um, but that's where I think, it, again, it was a, a twisting point because the, as soon as I said, I don't want to feel like I'm a burden, logically, I was like, well, I'm I'm not. I'm, I'm not a burden, am I? And having the space after that first session to, to really think things through, I realized that logically I wasn't. The word disappointment, which I came into speaking to you with, completely disappeared. It was gone. I don't feel that and I didn't feel that at all. And just that, just that first session in particular was enough for me to go, do you know what, I am who I am. And you got you love it or you don't. I've no doubt people listen to the first 10 minutes of the podcast and go, she's not for me and I'm off. And I'm okay with that. Yeah. I wasn't at that point when I met you that, or when I worked with you, that need to people please was huge. Mm. That's kind of gone, I would say 90% of the time. Um, it's a much more balanced need to people please. And I know people will say, well, 90%, 10% is not very balanced. That's still quite high. Yeah. But for me, that that need to people please is not based on the need to validate who I am. Yeah, It's a, a, a genuine desire to want to help people, not help people because of my ego. And that was a massive turning curve. And it's not really people pleasing then, is it? Because... As you said, the people pleasing is kind of manipulation in the sense that we want them to like us. We want to be accepted by them. So yeah. they're paying attention to what they want and then yeah. people pleasing. Whereas what you're doing now is being aware of the fact that there are certain needs people have and now making choices Yeah. Um, in terms of whether you want to be a part of that or not be a part of that. And it's not really people pleasing. It's just being a good person without having an agenda. Whereas we yeah. think people pleasing is a really great quality. And I think in a society, it seems to be like, you know, being a people pleaser yeah. is 
you're a really nice person. And it's not that you're not a nice person, but underlying that there is an agenda. And the agenda is that you just want that person to accept you, like you, um, validate you. Um, so therefore there is some, you know, that you're taking from there, from that whole situation as well. It's not just a case of you're doing stuff for others and you're you're getting something you're getting that validation and when you're able to self-validate and make choices based on your values and what is important to you and your boundaries and then do things that make people pleased you're not a people pleaser you're just a good person with boundaries and not validation from others yeah completely and utterly and and at one point really I hadn't really thought about this until you were just saying but I remember about six months after that that kind of session thinking oh my goodness, I've been, I'm a narcissist. (laughs) That that complete swing. And you'll be glad to know that only lasted for about a week. But (laughs) I I swang from that, like people pleasing to, oh my goodness, I've been really manipulative. I hadn't been manipulative. I was manipulative to myself and I was, had been gaslighting. It feels like a word that's used a lot at the moment, but I really realized I was gaslighting myself. And I, hadn't been showing up and I wouldn't say anybody I don't believe anybody shows up completely 100% unapologetically um I'm sure there'll be people listening that say absolutely I do and maybe but like I would love to have a conversation about that I do think we have different aspects of our personality that we show to different different people and what I realized was that vulnerability I wasn't showing to anybody and I remembered a quote pretty much almost immediately after going home um because I had the session while I was working in Edinburgh and I remember going home and I remembered something on the flight home my husband had said when he first met me I was just like an onion and he said it feels like the longer I get to know you the more of the the onion layers get unpeeled and it was probably the first time even after all those years of marriage that I was like well do you know what I think I need to start sharing a lot more um, and that's been a journey in itself and probably not for, for the podcast, but sharing and becoming more vulnerable when you're used to being so strong and independent has done amazing stuff for my marriage, but it's been tough. And and he would say that I was a nightmare to live with for about <laughs> a year because I was processing all of these, these feelings that I hadn't really appreciated, um, and to then so suddenly turn to someone and say, I think I'm a narcissist. Do you think I'm a narcissist? Am I a narcissistic wife? That literally came from nowhere for him. So there's that that emotional click point is the way that I would describe it. So by saying I don't want to be a burden, took away the disappointment, made me much more logical because I could talk it through then. I could rationalize where that came from but then make sure, and I had to be really kind to myself and I had to sit back and just allow myself to, to feel, not think. Cause I think, you know, you could look anywhere and find the evidence for anything. Can't you nowadays, you know, all you got to do is go on Instagram and change the algorithm. And then you're a narcissist for life if you want to be, but it was, it was a really pivotal moment for allowing myself the breathing space and that calmness was okay yeah. but I didn't have to be talking all the time so I remember that one. I remember straight after the session 
you went um you said you were in Edinburgh and you went to a museum there was a, some, some yeah the da Vinci yeah yeah then you did a lot of journaling and yeah. then you top you sent me um some snippets of it and told me and then you asked like what do I do with this now <laughs> yeah you you were so logical so the fact that because it was like you said it's a process it's not like mm -hmm. you you um have this epiphany and all of a sudden every, all your problems go away and you walk out yeah healed and perfect then feel great yeah it's a process of your mind making those connections and you allowing your body to come along with for the journey so it's not yeah. just a case of being in your head but allowing your body to feel the emotions and and that I think I wrote uh, quite a lengthy piece back to you. It's like you don't have to do anything with this now. Yeah. Um, uh, it was about you now feeling, allowing the feelings to be processed. Like now, yeah. sit with it, see what happens, do some breathing, sit quietly. Like yeah. how often do most people sit quietly without either their phone? Because it does, it feels like, oh, this is so unproductive, especially our type yeah. of personalities who are constantly doing yeah. big aspirations to do stuff. And it's like, you have to use every single moment because otherwise it's not being productive. You need to be doing, yeah. whereas just sitting in silence and you, you know, you don't, this isn't about meditation, but you could just sit outside, go for a stroll, do yeah. something that doesn't, mean that you're still putting a podcast in your ear or you're yes you're um you know listening to music just listen to your thoughts for a change yeah you're not necessarily going far away with them and spiraling down like the you know the negativity and take going away with it but just allowing things to come up and actually then paying attention to how the body's feeling around it so what are the feelings yeah. those are the questions and not the question all right okay I know this and this and this all connects now what do I do with this like no yeah. I know this and it's making me feel this what's that about so the curiosity yeah. about what's going on inside me why am I feeling this whereas oh I mean I'm I'm the same I um do this work and uh about I think about six months ago I actually did um a small post I've been off social media for a while spending yeah. time um on me living life <laughs> yeah yeah and the biggest thing is um you know hands up I'm I wasn't actually practicing exactly what I was doing because yeah. it's that disconnection where I was very much into I thought I was very much into feelings but like you said it's the good feelings and kind of ignoring not the, yeah the not so good feelings some of them, yes, because I've worked through, you know, I've done a lot of work with others um, to help heal and work through and process past traumas from childhood and stuff. But when it came to other things that were very uncomfortable, I was keeping myself busy. I yeah. was working and I was helping other people. And this is the thing, we're working with people that are very similar to you. And this is this is um, kind of how social media works, I suppose, where you kind of attract people that you have a lot in common with. So yeah. a lot of my clients, we are very different, but there, there are so many similarities in our personalities and in our lifestyles and things that yeah. you wouldn't really be able to tell by just looking at us side by side. So being in sessions with clients and sometimes hearing them say something and I'm having that moment of, oh, and my process after the session is that I'm processing stuff too. It's like, yeah okay, so maybe I need some help 
oh, yeah. oh, do I? <laughs> yeah. No. And that oh. process you've just described is exactly why I and I did work with you because I do remember saying to you, um, oh, I can't even remember the questions, but I remember asking you a couple of questions and your responses were just like, I knew you'd done some work on yourself. So I knew you had lived experience. I knew, or I didn't know whether it would be similar to mine. I just knew that if you've done work on yourself and you've allowed yourself that breathing space, that you have some element of self-care. And then from the conversations we'd had, I knew that you would genuinely would protect yourself. And and that's uh, probably the worker in me as well, the thinker and the overthinker. Um, and, and, you know, lots of people say to me, but it's not your responsibility to think about the professional. Well, yeah, yes and no, it isn't. However, as a human being, knowing what I know because I've been a professional, I also know that lots of professionals don't have their own personal boundaries. So it was a really important thing for me that whilst I didn't have anything major to offload in the grand scheme of things, I also knew that I needed to work with somebody who was aware of their own self-care boundaries. And I remember asking you, what will you do now? And you're like, just chill, just take some moment. I have no idea whether you were lying to me or not, but you know, at the time is what I needed to hear. And it just, again, it just reinforced that professionalism as well as the fact that I liked you. (laughs) You know, I genuinely liked you as a person. (laughs) <laughs> I think you know liking each other is very important for me to yeah. like the client that I'm working with and for the client to actually like me because I think you know if we don't have an element of like it it won't lead to trust and we need yeah. to have so much trust in yeah. this kind of a professional relationship where you're you need to feel comfortable to share whatever comes up and I need yeah. to feel comfortable to be able to receive that and and then be able to help and guide you to get to where you need to. Yeah. And if it's not, if, if there's, so I have had clients, um, not clients, but people who um, have come along who might have wanted to work with me. And, you know, it's not nice to say it, but I will say it, but there's been an, you know, I'm like, I don't think I really like this person. Yeah. Something yeah. about them. Like it's not necessarily there, nothing wrong with the person, but there's something where you're like, I don't think I'm going to like spending time with this person. Yeah. Not that I don't want to help them. I hope that they do get some help, but it's not with you. It's not yeah, with me. Yeah, there's totally. Some, there's something that's just not right. Yeah. And in doing the work that I do, what's really important is that if I was to, you know, chase the money, what would happen is that, you know, consciously we may not, we might be very pleasant with each other, but you will pick up on the other the client will pick up on the fact that actually you know there there's some resistance from her so that's not me giving what that client needs because what I've done then is because I I wouldn't be able to I wouldn't be able to be with that person exactly how I am with somebody who there is a connection with and it's not to say that oh yeah I have to know your life history and we have to be on social media and be friends for ages it's like so instinctual where you get on a call with somebody and you either hit it off or you don't and it doesn't mean that we instantly start talking and we're great you just get a feeling of sort of warmth or some kind of like you know instinctively know whether you you're gonna like it's a subconscious thing isn't it you know 
um, from all your lived experience, all the memories and everything that's stored in your mind that you're not consciously processing, but your mind is quickly making, okay, okay, let's go through yeah. the database and like, is this person somebody that we want to hang out with? Yeah, they're not bad. You know, we have, this doesn't flag yeah. up any danger signals. Yeah, that, yeah. Good. And that, that's the starting point. You have to have that level of trust Yeah, to be able to do that. And it gets complicated, doesn't it? Because we start to, you know, apply, oh, so-and-so reminds me of so-and-so. And we've got these kind of judgments that sometimes aren't even fair because we've gone, oh, yeah, I worked with somebody that looked or or sounded or had the same mannerisms as so-and-so, so-and-so, so-and-so from, you know, back in the day and all of these things. So as human beings, we're really complex in the way that we process things. And it takes a really skilled practitioner, whether you're a therapist or a coach or even a trainer or, you know, whatever modality you, you if you work with people, whatever modality you use, you have to be able to reflect and go, I don't think I can help this person. And connection is one of the first things that I look for. I want a safe space. So I, when I look for that connection, I know I need to um, make sure that there's trust, there's rapport, but I feel safe. And that comes from that connection. And I don't even think that, you know, just because you don't find that connection as a practitioner sometimes people are like oh yeah but you know will they get the help without me well actually that's not your responsibility it is that other person's responsibility to find the right therapist or coach or consultant or whatever again modality it's their responsibility to find the right person for them and that's a challenge so just to kind of I'm quite conscious of time so just to like bring the session to and I feel like we're almost there anyway because we've got a lot of connection and a lot of <laughs> similar values what's your um kind of version of success so when we talk about success because you work with lots of like you said highly productive highly successful people yeah. um who have probably lots of similar characteristics and I suspect much like me come in with one version of success get shabnams and then come out with another version <laughs> of success in the best possible way um, and yeah. so I'm really curious from your perspective what you see as as kind of success in your life or for you um I I was thinking on this and and it's one of those things that the definition keeps changing yeah right um so growing up well I say forget it we won't go that far back but even say <laughs> the younger years of yeah. um being new in a career and trying success was about being successful in business or yeah. in career and money and having uh you know all the things and looking good and doing all that stuff um and that's where things like you said most people kind of it's the outward societal success that people say yeah. you've got a business it must be profitable very very profitable six figures seven yes. figures eight oh, figures, six you know, figures. Yeah, yeah right it has to be all of those things yeah. and then successful and you know you have to have uh you have to be in a relationship you have to have children it all has to be all nice and glossy and all those kind of things um see that little poster on the back so this has been a, a theme for me for a while now yeah I took I took time out of social media when I realized that I needed to work on some things and I needed to not do this in a public way so yeah, you know yeah. if this is my private um journey that I'm going to go through maybe yeah. I'll reflect back on it and speak about certain things but yeah. this was 
for me and I and I have I'm very much similar to you where I speak a lot but I write a lot and I create videos and I have these this tendency to overshare so I have to have to create that boundary for myself yeah, yeah. time to actually you know go into hibernation for a bit almost yeah. and do the things that you need to do and the thing that's come up for me more than anything else and it's taken me such a long time to realize where it for me it's peace and you know it is peace and peace I had that in my headline I think somewhere in on LinkedIn for a while with peace of mind and I hadn't really encompassed all parts of it and for me to have peace is different for what gives you peace of mind so it might be that peace of mind for somebody is having a successful business and it's making you know it's profitable it's working it's they've got the kind of employees that they love working with and things are working well yeah peace of mind it will give you peace of mind it could be um having that peace of mind for me I think it's it's looking at the whole and this is how I work with my clients and I can't believe it took me so long to make that connection considering how long I've been doing this but it's it's not just about what you're doing for work there has to be your work has to be something that gives you some joy and you have to have some passion towards what you yeah. do it doesn't necessarily have to be the only passion it could be you you know you're like I used to be a project manager working in IT and you have no you know it's it doesn't <laughs> light you on fire but you love being in that environment and the yeah. having the people around you and it gives you a lucrative income and you're enjoying the lifestyle and it brings you so many other things so it doesn't have to be what seems to be obvious and you don't have to have a 10 out of 10 for everything no because this whole models that are out there at the moment about you know pick your top 10 things that you you want in your life and then it's like how are we going to get you to 10 for everything it's exhausting trying to balance 10 things at 10 out of 10 isn't that where most coaching models start with the wheel yes. of life? It's like you cannot have the wheel of life completely balanced. Yes, you, you can't. Have to, you have to be able to have some flexibility yeah. and realize and actually really think about and feel about what is it that gives you yeah. peace of mind. For me, I mean, old me would have been completely freaking out not being on social media for almost six months yeah I'm gonna lose all my audience it takes such a long time to build momentum yeah the algorithm oh yeah (laughs) it would have been I would have been freaking out I've just been really enjoying not sharing my entire life online and that's where the boundaries came in I think I learned that lesson in 2020 where I as a lot of people went through some very difficult times yeah. and not having access to people in real life as much as we normally did yeah. it became something that I I blurted it all out on Facebook so it was like I was online journaling yeah. and looking back it was you know I've forgiven myself I have a lot of compassion for myself for what went on it was yeah. a difficult time but it's something that I've learned from is that that's not going to happen in public anymore what if I want to share things later so therefore, for me, success, going back to the question, because yeah. I ramble just as much as you do. I um, could talk for hours and days, I'm sure. Anyway, <laughs> um, success is having that peace of mind. And that peace of mind comes from having um, 
you know, feeling contentment and fulfillment. Yeah. In the things that make up my life. So it's not just work and business. Yeah. It's not just relationships. Yeah. It's also about me. Like yeah. what? Uh, and there's been a, the whole season of me right now. So yeah, <laughs> it was like such a, for somebody like yourself and others who work in the industry where we are helping professionals, we're helping others. Yeah we tend to forget about ourselves yeah if we we kind of you know we are aware of it and we're like I need to do some self-care we don't do self-care self-care isn't something to do it's something that you know you have to be you have to be caring and it's not about pampering yourself it's more about listening to yourself and accepting your feelings getting help when you do you know I've been working with a therapist it's been brilliant for me and I've been doing exactly. I mean, we are probably the most difficult clients to have because we know what they're doing. Yeah. So, <laughs> so it, it's it's been success for me. The definition has at the moment changed again. And yeah. the biggest thing that always comes up for me is that um, I was just thinking how beautiful it is to have peace of mind. Yeah. And having that just feels so good. And I'm at that place where I feel I feel really peaceful. Yeah, so much so I bought a poster that says "Peace be upon you." Yeah, I couldn't find. It. I made my own, <laughs> and I think that's exactly where I'm. What's really interesting is you said that you know the word "peace" had maybe come up a couple of times throughout the the journey, and that was the the big pivotal moment for me to where I am really now, and especially from the podcast perspective, is the success is in our mess, and you know I'm doing my PhD at the moment, and it's all around the impact of lived experience and it's so powerful because we see we see the messiness all the time we can look back and go oh well I didn't do this or I should have done that I need the 10 out of 10 because my coach says I need to score highly and yeah they just want you to increase because then it makes them look good just saying but when I look at that contentment and when I look at that peace of mind and when I look at success then ultimately usually the clues are in our life the clues of what we want I knew that I had intuition I'd used it a lot when I was younger I just used it a lot in terms of yeah you don't want to snog that boy or you don't want to follow that that kind of you know friend doing that but it was also very good at helping me take opportunities Mm. when I pieced together the craziness that has been the messiness I realize that the success that I'm now feeling and experiencing isn't big and bold and six figures. Our business makes six figures. Does it light me up? No, I always want more. So that's not what gives me the contentment. And contentment, I guess, is my kind of word for for peace. But that sense of, ah, that's the only feeling and and where the words I have to describe it is, it's that sense of, it's okay and it's a really unusual feeling when we talk about success in that way I still think it's not sexy is it it's not no it's not sexy yeah why and that's why it's so difficult to articulate excuse me it's so difficult to articulate what is success and also to articulate for people um like myself who work in this industry with people who are chasing success not I'm not saying it in a negative way but we all are trying to do better but what we end up with that makes us happy and not necessarily always happy but gives us that peace and contentment Mm -hmm. 
um, isn't the money, isn't the accolades. It's it's um, it could be anything. It could be, but, but you can't quite like you said. It's like getting that that feeling of like, <sighs> yeah. And, and there are no words. I have lots of words in my brain, but I realized over the last few years that. I don't have a lot of words to describe feelings and emotions and I don't have that vocabulary. And as somebody who's quite bright, you know, I'm an intelligent woman. I don't have those words to be able to do it. And that's where um, that kind of success has had to mold for me. It, it has, I think success will always change. And I think that's part of the success is embracing that, it always will be fluid and flexible. And, you know, we could probably speak in two years time and we might be, yeah, come on, let's get six figures and let's do this and let's do that. Unlikely, I think we're probably a little more zen in our own age. <laughs> yeah. But the, that that definition of success absolutely changes from, from person to person. Um, and I just love the idea of more peace too. Same. Oh, well, honestly, thank you so much. I think we're just coming up to that that kind of hours mark, which I always knew was going to be a, a big one because we're both talkers and we've got so much to say because we're both amazing people. <laughs> and this has been so much fun. I've enjoyed it so much. Thank you so, so much for having me because yeah. uh, especially as your first guest, I, I, I no words. Yes, well, there's plenty of words and I just, <laughs> you've been amazing and the whole just recording is just proved why you're my first guest as well so thank you so much for listening <laughs>